Well, happy Tuesday, all things Montessori, and happy, you know, first month of school to all of our listeners who could be in the classroom right now. I hope everything is going well. Um, We have a few episodes all about um, the beginning of school, first month of school, anything like that. So go ahead and check out those episodes if you need any help or any inspiration. Well, before I get to today's episode, I want to update you guys. I moved. I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina recently. Uh, My husband got a great job here. And yeah, it's so exciting. I'm actually looking for my next step in the in my career actually because we didn't know where we were going to you know end up so I'm just trying to get to know the Charlotte community if anyone lives here or is a native from Charlotte or North Carolina please say hello on Instagram or send an email I'm really really excited for this fresh start and really excited to be here so we have a really fun episode today and it's about an age group that I usually don't talk about, but it's funny. I used to be a nanny that I only worked pretty much with young children. I mean, like four months old to like two years kind of age range. And I thought that's what I wanted to do with my Montessori training, but I didn't. I did elementary, which was amazing, but I'm so excited about this conversation. I have Tracy Gruy with me. She is an infant and toddler development consultant. She has 20 plus years of experience. She ran her own school. She is the founder of Nurture Newbies, which is a digital resource for parents. It contains knowledge that she's gathered over the years. It's so wonderful and exciting to talk to her about this age group. And just, I think it's a great tool for parents right now. Um, So I really hope you enjoy this amazing episode. Tracy is offering 10% off anything on Nurture Newbies. The promo code is allthings.com. 10. Again, that's 10% off anything on Nurture Newbies with the promo code ALLTHINGS10. This episode, of course, is also supported by Sapling Supply. Sapling Supply is an amazing Montessori furniture company. They are a wonderful partner of All Things Montessori, and I am so glad that we can promote their amazing furniture made by two Montessori dads. They've also been interviewed on All Things Montessori, so check that out. You can get anything on Sapling Supply, 10% off, anything site-wide using our promo code ATM10. And as always, thank you to all of our patrons. Oh my goodness. I sent a message to our patron community the other day, just sort of explaining how grateful I am for the support, but also, you know, I've been in a really immense time of change. There has been so much going on, so I haven't been as active as I really want to be with everything with all things Montessori. So now that I'm rooted in a new place, I feel really energized and excited for all these new things with all things Montessori. And without further ado, let's get to the episode. Well, I'm so excited today. I have a guest who I've never met in person, just met over the amazing world of email. Um, I have Tracy Gruy with me. She is an infant and toddler development expert. She's the founder of Nurture Newbies, and I'm so excited to talk with her because as most of my listeners know I, I really get stuck in elementary land as that's my training. So I'm so excited to talk about another plane of development. Well, welcome, Tracy. I'm so happy you're here. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be joining you. Um, I've been listening and watching your stuff, and I just think it's great that you're getting Montessori stuff out there. And we want to get Montessori stuff out there to the young parents as well, because the earlier we start, 
you know, the better foundation we're setting. So I'm excited. Absolutely. Absolutely. That goes for parents and with children, I feel like, right? Like, (laughs) that's true. (laughs) So Tracy, what is your Montessori story? What brought you to the world of Montessori? Well, I am the oldest of eight children. And my mom and dad adopted actually five children. They had myself, my sister, my brother, and then adopted five children. And so with the youngest two, they found out about Montessori and they got the privilege of going to Montessori school. So I did not. So we always say that they were spoiled, but, (laughs) um, and that kind of just started our family into like learning about Montessori. And then we all started our families. And my mom was like, I feel like I really want, she was babysitting for us. We were lucky enough to have that. And, and she was like, but I feel like they need to all start going to Montessori school because she basically bought into it. You know, she learned a lot about it with Mm -hmm. the younger two. Mm -hmm. And so started going to Montessori. She actually got a job as a, like a director at a Montessori school in our area and started taking the kids with her. And then, but we were driving across town for us. It was across town. And we just started talking with our family members and we had a very special person that was like, let's just find something and open it on our side of town. There was nothing on our side of town at that time, you know, 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. So we, he backed our money and we got a place and sent all of us to different trainings. So each one of my family members um, were trained infant, toddler, primary and elementary. And we just kind of launched a business and our children started being in Montessori with our family. And that was about 26 years ago. We um, sold the school a year and a half ago. It was kind of time for all of us to move on and do different things. Wow. And our children, our children didn't want to be teachers. So it was like, okay, let's do the next step. And kind of that's how I got involved and got introduced to Montessori. I was the one that did the infant toddler training. So I got to be that you know, kind of mentor in the school setting. Wow. And then I kind of ended up being the parent workshop person because I actually didn't teach in the classroom because my other, you know, kind of thing that I'm great at is finances. I'm a finance major. And so I was the book person. I was doing all the budgets and all the financial statements and stuff. And so it was kind of like, I had the time to actually set up workshops and spend time with parents. And then I got to be that person that was listening to all their stories. So I kind of have like all this stuff coming in my head and I I like to just share information. And so that's kind of where actually I kind of skipped ahead, but that's how nurture newbies came about was because, you know, we, I enjoy talking to parents. I enjoy sharing this information and, you know, it's like as a mom of three children, it was like, I saw the difference after I did the training, Yeah, you know, just kind of the way I I know, you know, like the way you approach Montessori, the way you approach life or children is just a little different. Mm -hmm. It's not like everybody's doing it wrong. It's just taking kind of another angle in my, in my opinion. And so, you know, just to share some of those tips with parents and to see them be like, oh my God, that seems so easy. I'm like, I know it's really not what you're doing. It's just kind of how you're doing it. And then it just makes it less overwhelming. So that's kind of in a nutshell. And so here I am today, you know, sharing on podcasts and we have courses on a website and I'm loving it. I love that. That's such a fun. I just love hearing everyone's stories, how they got here because they're all different, but there's always this sort of like hook where they're like, it's like you get introduced to Montessori and then it's sort of over at that point. (laughs) Right. 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 
don't know about you, but when I went to training, I, again, obviously I got the zero to three. So right. each one of us had different levels, but I ended up getting the very beginning one. Mm-hmm. And I, I think when you're sitting there and they're telling you, you know, the philo- the main philosophy of Montessori, you're just like, this is just so logical right? and it makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. And why isn't this just a standard thing that every, every parent learns beforehand? Cause I, I just, you know, the more info you gather, mm-hmm. that's kind of our thing is gather as much info as possible from as many people as you can so that you can make informed decisions. So you can feel confident in what you're doing. There's not one right way, but I just feel like Montessori gives such a good foundation to empower both parents and kids. You know, it's not just about the kids or just about the parents. The thing I love most too about Montessori is I think they're in this new age of parenting. There's, there's a lot of information and it's pretty all over the place. And there's always a study, a new toy, a new whatever. Montessori is really foundational and it's kind of old school. And that's one of the things I love the most about it is because it's so practical. It's, you know, if you just think about the toddler classroom and like some of the materials in there, it's so simplistic, but I think that's what makes it so absolutely beautiful that it's not this completely complicated contraption that a child, you know, they don't even know what it is. Um, I think the the simple nature, the observation and just like being with children, that aspect of Montessori, it is, you're right. It's so simple, but then a lot of parents don't even think to, you know, I think we were talking about before when we met um, about just having things be child-sized, just. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that everyone gets caught up in, oh my gosh, I have to make sure I'm teaching them this and I have mm-hmm. to make sure I'm teaching them this. And so I think when you just tell a parent, listen, everything you do every day, especially from zero to three, they're absorbing it. They're just taking it in. So you, and they are, there's an intrinsic thing in them that tells them to learn things. They're going to go out and figure out everything they need to know. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to get so caught up that I'm not doing the right thing. When you kind of just step back and see when you say, oh, I can just incorporate them. And this is how, again, kind of the big picture of turning that overwhelm into like calm and just like, I don't know, routines and your life isn't like crazy all the time. I mean, you're going to have crazy times. There's nothing we can do about that. Raising children is crazy and it doesn't end. But what I found is using these tools now that we can share, like talking about today, and then it carries over. You're going to be able to use them again when they're three, four, five, and six. And then, you know, in their elementary ages with you guys, it kind of just carries forward and it just goes into a different form. And I feel like if you knew these things earlier, getting this stuff out so that you can, you know, set that foundation, you're going to feel better and you're not going to be stressed about, oh my God, do they know their letters and numbers? Who who cares? You know what (laughs) I mean? They will know them. (laughs) They're going to know that. They're going to figure that out. You don't have to have a lesson in your house to do that. So when you say simple, yeah, it's so simple at home. You don't even have to go buy anything really. If you take just some simple, basic ideas about what you do to live in your house and add a few little small child size items, you're going to be fine. They're going to get what they need from you at home. If you're lucky enough to have a Montessori program in your area, they're going to get them enrolled in that and let the teacher handle the specific, you know, lessons that they need throughout with the specific materials. If you're not, materials are easy to come by, or even like you said, looking at what the actual development need is, and then making something at your house that works, that, you know, does the same thing as that item on, you know, 
Monty Kids or somewhere else. (laughs) Monty Kids is awesome. And I love Monty Kids. The materials we have used forever um, since they launched them in our school. Mm, So if they can survive a classroom, (laughs) like they can certainly survive your house with like one, two, three kids, four kids. Even I'm I'm telling you, I don't know if you've seen, you've seen toddler classrooms, but those kids can be pretty, you know, destructive at times. They're just going and you have 10 or 12 children using the materials you're bound to have, we would replace things over and over and over again. Yeah. And it Monty kids holds up, but you don't have to buy Monty kids if you can't right. do it. You know what I mean? Like, right. so it's, it is definitely, um, overwhelming a little bit trying to say, can I meet all the needs and can I do it? Speaking of all the overwhelming aspects of becoming <laughs> a parent, which there are just millions of things to think about. What's some of the advice or small steps that you can guide parents through as they, as they sort of approach this new chapter of life, having, having, bringing a child into the world and wanting to do it in a Montessori way? So first is remember that your child is born with a blank slate. Babies don't need or want for anything. We create the need or want. So how we respond to them is what they need from us. So if they're crying and we put a binky in their mouth, then that's what they expect. Mm. They don't need the binky. That's just your response to them. And so then they start needing that. They don't need to carry a little blankie around. You know, it's, we have given them that and said, here's what happens when you get upset. I'm going to give you this soft little blankie. Mm -hmm. Now, is any of that wrong? No, I'm just saying, understand as a parent, when you bring a child into the world, you are creating what they need by your routines. And so routines, and that's kind of how a baby and a child gets acclimated to life. They start understanding the routines of your house. So when I say to parents, step back and think, okay, I get up at this time, I get ready to go to work. I load up the car. I leave to go to work. I come home at this time. I make dinner. Start thinking about what you do every day. How do you put your shoes on? You sit down on a little bed and you on your bed probably and put your shoes on. Well, it's not reasonable for a child to sit on the top of a bed to put shoes on. So put just a little tiny stool where you want them to put their shoes on and make it the same place every day. And when we're ready to leave here, sit down, let's put your shoes on. I'm putting my shoes on. Try to do as much with them Mm -hmm. instead of for them. Mm. So yes, you have to assist them until they can do it themselves. But if you're telling them, put your shoes on, put this away, take this away that you're just basically directing versus doing, mm-hmm. and we want them to be able to do. And how that helps you later on is that as they get a little bit bigger, you know, in the first early years, it's a struggle. It's going to be a little bit more work. And a lot of times we'll say it's going to be easier because I know down the road and I'm sure people say, Oh, right. Liar. This isn't easy. I have nieces and nephews that are raising babies right now. And I, I have conversations with them all the time and I'll be like, okay, so tell, give me this feedback. Like, is this really easy? And they're like, well, I mean, not right when you're in it and they're little, you know, in that infant, like kind of, you know, early first to second year, it's hard because you have to do a lot more, but now as they get to be three and four and now almost four and a half, they're like in a routine, they get up, They brush their teeth. They get dressed. They go in the kitchen. They're having breakfast. They're getting their things ready. One has the backpack. One has this. They get in the, they've kind of just created this routine and a child 
understands routines very well, you know, it's the foundation of order. Mm -hmm. And so if we give them something to expect, they're just going to do it. So then is when it becomes just innate in them, it becomes part of their core. And then you're not stressing about those things. Then you can have more time to actually deal with when they're having an emotional up and down, you know, when there's things that you have to focus on, because now you've got set this foundation of a standard routine of this day and the weekends, and that's kind of second nature to them. So that's where I feel like it's easier. I don't like, I mean, that's a horrible word to say because being a parent is never easy. easy. But (laughs) what you're saying and what I'm gaining from this is, you know, it's like you're front loading the work, you're putting the work in it first. And then you're right. Like, just like we do in Montessori, we're sowing the seeds and then we watch them flourish and grow. Like you're putting in that work, you're doing those routines, you're being consistent. They're observing you. They want to fit into your world. They are of course like watching every move you make and then um you know as you set those it's a lot of things to think about but when you set up the environment for a child to thrive they do you're right Right. exactly what you're saying like they do because it's what they expect from the environment it's what they expect from you um it's just a little bit I think it's tough for parents because a lot of the world isn't doing that no right no they're not but I remember so I when I went to training, I had a five-year-old, a three-year-old and a baby. He was, um, actually I went to San Diego. I live in Arizona. And so I had to try, I had to be away three summers. And so he actually, the first summer was, um, almost one and he went with me and they had a program at while we were in training for him because it was an infant toddler program, obviously. So he went with me, the other two stayed with dad and traveled back and forth. But I, as much as when I did this training, we had kind of already, my children had been in Montessori for already probably two to three years, but myself, I didn't understand what actual Montessori was. I was doing what my mom or somebody told me because they were already trained, but I wasn't doing Mm -hmm. really. (laughs) I'm a type A personality. I was like, I had, I cleaned everything up. I did everything. I was running around. And when the baby came, the third child, it got really crazy. Like I was like, oh my God, how am I going to do all this? I was like a crazed woman. And I went to, I came home the first summer after the first train part of the training, because that was all the practical life. We talk about that. meaning It's basically all the stuff we do to survive, you know? Um, And I was like, I'm listening to them in the training going, oh my God, no, no wonder why I'm going crazy. I'm trying to do everything. Like I'm doing the laundry. I'm cleaning the house. I'm picking up the toys. I'm putting the kids to bed. I'm like, I'm doing everything for them because we're taught to be caregivers. Yeah. And that's in my head. I was doing what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I came home and I rearranged my whole entire house <laughs> and I put everything down at their level. They had their own cabinets. They had in the refrigerator, they had a pitcher. They had pictures of milk, pictures of juice, pictures of water. And those are those little creamer pictures. Yep. And I put all their dishes down. We got little tables and literally I got them their own broom, their own mop, their own dish, you know, drying or dusting cloth. And you have to make it the size of their hands so they can be Mm -hmm. successful. And I started having them do everything I did. If I was cleaning the house, they were doing stuff with me. Obviously they probably weren't doing it how I wanted it done, (laughs) but guess what? They were with (laughs) No, yeah. they were with me right. when I was making dinner. I put my youngest was just, he would literally lap the house. He, he was busy, busy, busy and everywhere. And I would just be stressed trying to make dinner and going, 
Where's Brandon? Where's Brandon? What's Brandon doing? Where's Brandon? I was like going nuts and I put him at the sink in one of the, you know, the little um, stools that go up to the countertop now that they have mm-hmm. the little tower learning towers. Mm-hmm. And I just filled it with soap water and put dishes in there. I, don't, I literally put clean dishes in there. He would stay there for 20 to 30 minutes because he would get all the bubbles over it, rinse it off. He just was fascinated. My water bill went up, but you know what? My stress level went down. So I didn't really care. It was like, okay, this. And so those are the things I'm saying is like, we think we have to find something for them to play with I know. or buy them something to do. Mm-hmm. Guess what? No, they can go out and clean up the leaves in the backyard mm-hmm. with you. They can pull weeds with you, whatever you have to do to serve, do to have your house function, have them help you with everything that in and of itself is building their self-confidence, building their independence. Yeah. And those are the foundational things that we need to set now. So then as they progress into primary and then into elementary, they're independent. They're not depending on everyone telling them what to do. They are now working and wanting to do things on their own. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so, it's so true. And, and I think that's just, if there are parents listening right now, just like rewind and listen to that again. Like you don't need to go out and fill your house with a million things. Everything is right in front of you. And, and I think also there's a lot of competition among parents like, Oh, do you have this latest thing? And do you have, and it's like, you know what? Like, I think it's awesome if you're, if your child is dusting the living room instead of doing some complicated toy. I don't even know what there's a new one every week. I feel like, um, but those life skills, knowing how to do dishes, knowing how to wash a window, knowing how to sweep, those are going to serve you. That's part of being a human. It's part of keeping care of the environment, respecting your environment, helping out your parents. That's just those skills that are being developed, not to mention like hand, hand strength and finger strength for writing and things like that. It's just, it's pretty monumental. So, um, I love that. By having them help you bake or cook when you're making dinner, measuring things you're talking, it's mathematical. You're talking about, I'm putting it half a cup. Um, another really important thing is to have complete full on conversations from the time they're born, Mm -hmm. talk to them Mm -hmm. as if, they're your equal. You're explaining to them, I'm changing your diaper and then we're going to go, I'm going to get you dressed and we're going to go out for the day. We're going to go visit so-and-so and do this and that. You're you're giving them what to expect. And really when you start doing that from the very young age, it helps with those exiting times too. Like some people really struggle to get their kids to go to a car or to leave or to, you know, and you're, if you are saying to them in about 10 minutes, I'm going to ask, we're going to get our shoes on and then we're going to leave. And again, as much as you can do together at the same, like I'm putting my shoes on, let's get your shoes on. Here's your shoes. Yeah. Do you, would you like me to help you? Don't always jump in and help them. Mm-hmm. Let them try to do it by themselves, get them to the point where they are independently doing it. But at first you're going to have to help sure. them, especially if it's a, you know, a snug shoe or whatever. Mm -hmm. You don't want them to get frustrated. You just want them to feel empowered and part of this thing we call the family. I always help. The word help for me is just kind of one of those things where I'm like, if you're telling them to help you, you're indicating that you are the person that's responsible for everything. Mm. But really we're a family unit. We're kind of a team. It's a team at the house. And as a team, we have, this is what has to get done for our house to function. Mm. And your part is this, my part is this. So we're doing it together so that we can succeed and 
be able to go do other things. Even if it's like, we have to do this before we can leave. You're telling them, you're prepping them. And here's what I need you to do. You can do this or this. With young children, it's really, really good to try to give them choices. Do you know how that? Oh yeah, this or this. Even this or this. You know, nothing (laughs) open-ended. Right. Don't ask a a young child a yes, no question. No, what are they going to say? say? (laughs) Right. Everyone's laughing. Like the first word a child learns is no. Mm -hmm. They're shaking their head. No, we all laugh at it. We think it's so cute. It is so cute. How can you not? It's very, very cute. But if we tell our child no for every entire thing from the beginning of time, once they start touching things, no becomes a very numb word to them. Absolutely. So in Montessori, no is not a word we use all the time. We should only use no when it's dangerous. So then when you say no to your child, they're going to turn and look at you because it's new work there. It's not something that is said over and over. And instead of saying, don't touch that, no, you can't do that. You can do this or this start right from the very beginning, from the time they're infants and they're starting to get rattled. If they go to grab the remote and you don't want them to touch the remote, you can have this or this, the remote belongs, the remotes for the TV and we don't play with the remote. You can set limits, but you don't have to say, no, don't touch that. Right. Because again, if they hear it, most children, by the time they're one, no, it means nothing to them. They don't even, it's just like, oh, you're saying that like, for the millionth time. So I don't really know what that means. Right. So we have to, we have to kind of covet that word Mm -hmm. for the only serious situations when we really mean, no, you're not, I mean, absolutely not. I'm not letting you do this. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Safety always is the first, you know? So that's kind of, we talk a lot about the type of words we use too in our courses. And I mean, again, it's just, respect them as a little human. They're so, so highly intelligent, Mm -hmm. even from birth and just talking to them and explaining to them. And again, like I said, I just see that those routines become a core of them and they, you will be able to have conversations. You will teach them to problem solve a lot sooner and they will be, your tantrums will be less. Your stress will be less. Like I said, you were going to have it. There's no way around it. Being a parent can be, you're going to have to figure that out. Yeah. But <laughs> if you can incorporate some of these simple, just little adjustments, I feel like you kind of just, I relaxed. I was like, oh my God, I, I don't have to do all this and we can do it together. Sure. And it's a bonding thing, mm-hmm. you know, like now you're spending time with your child, not sending them over here to do this while you can get something done, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's why I love it so much. And I mean, like you, and then you watch them progress and my children were able to be in, you know, Montessori for elementary and, and then now as adults, them looking back, you know, my daughter is, I'm going to be 29 this month. And Mm -hmm. she's like, I didn't understand the difference until I was older and watching my, you know, peers and how they couldn't, like, they were like unable to do simple things without their parents simple, make calls and do doctor's appointments or, you know, sew something on a button, resew a button on. I mean, simple, tiny things. We don't really think about that. We just do it. Sure. Instead of doing it with our child and showing them and eventually letting them do it themselves. Now they can go out in the world and actually do something, baking, cooking. If you're involving them from the time they're, you know, they can stand. Think of how wonderful their dinners are going to be. Like, it's just, they're going to be able to make almost anything. I feel like my two-year-old little nephew is going to be a chef. Because, 
his mom just lets him cook everything. He's cooking lasagna. He's cooking pasta. You know, he's cooking oh. pancake. He's like great. He loves it too. That's and it's so just, great. it's fun to watch. Well, it's empowering when you have these, when you're able, especially when you're a young child, you spend your whole time looking up at the world. Right. And in yeah. Montessori, we simply like get down to their level and let them know like, yeah, you could do it too. I trust you enough to hold this beautiful dish and to walk over to that table with this beautiful dish that could totally break if you drop it. Right. It's simple exactly. things like that. It's empowering. So then my, one of my favorite, my favorite thing about Montessori is then they're more likely to try new things because they feel like they have the confidence and the independence. And we let them know, oh, it's okay. If you mess up, it's not a big deal. That's a part of being human. I mean, I, I come from a traditional schooling background and I had wonderful teachers. Totally. Me too. Yeah. There's and nothing wrong with it. No, I, I'm, we all I'm survive, fine. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but. but that whole failure thing, I, I was definitely afraid to like math for me. I love that you're a finance person. I'm so jealous. I math and I Montessori actually has really helped me with math, but I always just had a crutch on my shoulder. Like, well, I guess I'm just not good at math. And then I completely had a fixed mindset. And I was like, I'm never going to try to be good at it because I can't. Right. Um, and that's just a product of sort of just never really understanding the foundation of it. So then my complete independence and empowerment with math was not there. Then I got to my Montessori training and relearned math. <laughs> and I love math now because I Isn't understand it, it. That's what it is. Yes. It's because I understand it. It's just so funny. Um, and that's what, when people ask me, you know, what's the difference between Montessori and traditional? And I mean, obviously that we could make a whole list of differences, <laughs> right, of course. But the biggest thing I would tell the parents is you're, they're experiencing their education. They're mm -hmm. seeing it. They're touching it. They're feeling it. They're learning things simultaneously. There's not, you have to learn this and then this. Mm -hmm. And then as they get older, like obviously in from zero to three, it's what we do to live. Yeah. That's kind of, you just need to focus on that. Mm -hmm. And then, but from three to six, they become a little more singular in their lessons and things, even though they're still grouping and all that. But then as they become adults, you know, now there's, they will start abstracting. They'll start doing the stuff like we did in traditional settings, but they're going to do it at their own time and when they're ready. And then I saw in like in high school when my kids went to high school, they, the teachers would say to me, their understanding of this or that, it just is amazing. They actually help me teach my students things, you That's know, so cool. and we were lucky enough to have a junior high teacher that, um, was trained and he was a history major. So his, the way he created his program, it was a two-year cycle, seventh and eighth grade, was that he um, he took history and then he made that that history lesson was the vocab and spelling, was the writing and all that. So everything worked around history. So my kids mm -hmm. were like in history, like understood every entire moment in history in a different level, just because of the way he did it. That's cool. And while you at junior high level, you don't typically have materials. He always had, they were building houses and things that went along with the war or whatever they create, like they created things That's that were cool. depictive of. So he kind of carried that experiential learning. And, and so that's what I really say to parents is the same as at home. 
they don't have to have this thing or they don't have to go do like, you don't have to buy stuff for them to remember, to make an, you know, an impression on them, spending time with them, having experiences. That's the things they're going to remember taking them to the park, you know, just simple things when they're little. And then eventually as you get bigger, taking them on trips, talking to them saying, Hey, what would you like to learn about this year? Let's plan a trip for that, you know, for your birthday or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then doing those kinds of things as their gifts. And it just, experiences are going to stay with them forever. That's what they're going to remember. So that's where I feel like, I mean, when I say to parents, Montessori gives the experience. So whatever they learn with you in elementary, whatever they learn in primary, it's all coming back to them as they get older. They remember that material they used, you know, or that thing they did in class. So that's why I love it so much. I mean, there's so many other reasons, but that for me, I felt like it empowered our children to just go out. And like you said, not be afraid to fail because we taught them. It's okay that you can't do something. Mm -hmm. This is your thing in your, you know, my youngest son had struggled with reading and we worked with him and worked with him. We did all the Montessori stuff, Montessori classroom stuff, but we also had to go out and get something else. It wasn't enough for him. And by the time you went to high school, they transitioned from our school into another, you know, and we actually did public school for them at that point. He got put into a remedial in reading English program. Well, because we had always told him, listen, you're strong at this. This is the thing you're the weakest at. You need to always be okay to ask for help. Yeah. I always wanted him to understand there's nothing wrong with it. No, people might make fun of you that mm. in our school setting, we teach them, you know, grace and courtesy and people, we try to not let them do that, obviously. But when you go out to another setting, yeah, you can't control that. Sure. He was completely fine. Literally student, like his peers were like, Oh my God, you're in that like remedial reading class. And he's like, um, yeah, there's like 15 people in the class and I get um, one-on-one attention with the teacher. I'm learning a lot. You know, he didn't, <laughs> he could have cared less. That's so great. <laughs> and yeah, you know, and then he, you know, in six months he moved on and he was good. And, you know, actually all that combined, he just kind of grew through that and he's fine. You know, he, now awesome. he's, he's graduated from college. He's surviving. Oh, so good. even with a reading problem when he was little, he's good. You know, we all survive it. Sure. But I feel like Montessori empowered him to be okay with, like you're saying, you struggled with not understanding math, but you probably didn't want to talk to people about it. I feel like we weren't taught to verbalize our, the things we were worried about, you know, Mm. and this generation I think is really more in tune with helping children process emotions and being able to verbalize those. I agree. So start when they're little, you can start when they're little toddlers and they're learning to talk. It's, it's great. You're sad. That's why you're crying. Oh, I think you're feeling jealous right now. Jealous is this when, you know, when you have a new baby and you already have a toddler and they're pushing or hitting, everyone's like, stop hitting. Don't hurt your sister. Don't hurt your brother. Mm. But really what they're doing is vying for attention. We all know that's what they're doing. So say that to them. I understand that now there's somebody else in the house that's getting attention too. And sometimes we get jealous. Jealous is this. And then say, if you want me to give you a hug or talk to you, put your hand on my shoulder and mommy will give you a hug. So you're diverting that attention. You're just trying to redirect it right. and not get mad at them for hitting because they really are just trying to figure out what to do to work through this emotion they're having. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just so wonderful to talk with you and just hear these there are small changes, but they're yeah. so doable and it's really, it's really worth it in the long run. 
um, that deep level of understandings. I mean, children just want to be heard. They just, and it, it's either they're a young toddler looking for attention or they're an elementary child who's acting out and they don't really know how to yeah. verbalize it yet. They just want somebody to understand what they're trying to say. Um, so that is amazing. So I wanted to ask you, you know, as we've been, we've sort of touched on this already, but when a new parent or maybe somebody who's just new to Montessori and wants to, wants to incorporate it in the home environment, what is your um, kind of go-to or, or some certain items that they can get um, for the home that's kind of on a budget? You know, when they just want to add a few pieces in, they don't want to, you know, spend a lot right. of money, but want to make the effort. What would you, what's your advice on that? Well, I think a stool, I mean, obviously is for, especially when they're starting to stand, you want a stool that's safe. And that would be the only, really the biggest thing that you would need to invest in because almost everything else you could use what you have at your house. If you, you know, you can use bowls at your house, you can use yeah. a, some, find some kind of like platter that you can use for a tray. Like you don't have to go out and buy all these things, but a stool, a really decent stool. And people use these stools for like, you know, sometimes up until three or four years old, I'm still using them with my four and five-year-old nieces and nephews. Mm -hmm. They're, they like to be up high. So it is, it's an investment at the beginning, but you can find them used. You can, I think Ikea has a really good one. Yeah. There's little partners has a really good one. Um, but I, for me, if you can get them up to your level so that they can actually participate with you in a safe manner, that's your, that's your biggest hurdle. Everything else you just think about what am I doing and what can I provide that's just a little bit smaller for them. So if you can't go buy a stool, you know, put a little box with a little pillow on it. It's not, you know what I mean? Just something low enough for them to sit on. Yeah. Space becomes a big issue too these days. Mm. So you don't have to add a ton of stuff. And that's where even like you're saying, like, we don't have to buy all these things. No, no, right. If you have depending upon their age, five or six items out at a time and rotating them, mm -hmm. you know, it gives them, it encourages them to focus longer, building their concentration when they don't have, if they have so many choices, they never spend very much time on things. Right. So again, you don't have to have a space where you have three or four shelves full of stuff, you know, just have, and for my nieces and nephews, they have like their TV shelf and there's like the shelves underneath and they put their kids things there. I put a little book basket, like just a little basket with books next to my TV. I have a little table and chairs if you can do that. So really little simple things. It just makes them feel like they have their space. Yep. But it's not like I have to go buy a whole room full of furniture for that. Sure. You know? And Ikea is great. I'm so glad you yes. mentioned Ikea. Ikea is it's so great for Montessori. And when you're trying to find little, like, I mean, I don't know about if they're everywhere, but um, Tuesday morning, if they're. Yeah, in, that's an art store, to, right? Is that what? That no, it's kind of what I don't know if they're all over the country now in Arizona. They're here mm -hmm. and they like every two or three months, they fill it up and it's kind of the leftovers from stores that oh, they're, they buy. Okay. And then they resell, they're selling it. It's all brand new stuff. Sure. It's not used, but I will find little bowls, little mixing bowls. I literally outfit everybody with their, like all the cooking utensils. Cause they have the kids size ones. Um, you know, TJ Maxx, home goods, all those places have, yeah. it's just a matter of looking, right. you know, and, um, baskets find that for them to be on sale oh, anywhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you don't, they can get very, very expensive, but you can watch for sales and you can watch for clearance items. And Michaels. again, Michael's yes. usually has 40% off something. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Always, right? Always there's yeah. something in yeah. there. 
Yeah. So again, it's just kind of finding those little places where you live that have that stuff that's discounted, marked down, yeah. whatever, but it's still, and again, reuse things, talk to your friends. Hey, I'm not using this anymore. You want to, you know, kind of do the rotation. That's also a, an, an option with like, if you want to invest in some of the actual materials, because your child doesn't have the ability to go to a Montessori school, share it with a friend that's having a baby yeah. too. Hey, let's buy this membership. You know, the Monty kids thing isn't too expensive. Mm-hmm. It's over a long to over long haul. And like I said, they send you what you need. You get videos with it. Um, we have a, if they do nurture newbies, they get, um, $50 off oh, the nice. first month. Yeah. So, nice. um, but yeah, so it's, it's, again, if you have to do those things, go with the quality on that, yeah. spend a little extra there, but split it with a friend and say, Hey, we can, because you get enough stuff. You don't have to have it all out at the same time. Sure. So you can rotate between houses and say, Hey, you're like, you put this out. And then obviously your kids are probably together a lot. So they're actually using it at each other's houses. So nice. it's a win-win for yeah. everybody. But oh, that's a great, yeah, so great idea. Yeah. A great idea. So before we wrap up, um, one, it's been so awesome to talk to you, but I wanted to give you a moment to talk about nurture newbies and how anybody who's interested can find you. Obviously I'll link everything below that goes without saying, but (laughs) let's talk about it. So we are on Instagram at nurture newbies and we also, our courses are found at nurturenewbies.com. Um, we try to give like really cool little digestible posts, you know, during the week on nurture newbies that gives parents ideas. And then just our courses go into more detail of what we're kind of sharing on Instagram. So hopefully we launched in January. So we're super excited. We actually hit 500 followers this weekend. Love it. Congratulations. Yay. (laughs) Yeah. So it's really fun. Um, I just want to shout out to my nieces and nephews because their children provide me with all, they're my little actors and actresses and they give me all my contact because (laughs) all my content, because my children aren't having children yet. So I have to like, you know, I have to live vicariously through other people, but so they're my little muses and they, I mean, I, I just, want to thank them because I couldn't do it without them. So that's so great. Oh, well, Tracy, thanks so much. This has been an absolute delight. Um, I'm, I, I know it was helpful and instructive for overwhelmed parents out there. And I just really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. You are so welcome. 